Well, today we are continuing our series on Elisha and Elijah, and we're, the main thing as we look through this series is we're looking at not just Elisha and Elijah themselves, but the God that they point to in Scripture, because they teach us a lot through these two, two men. God uses them in a powerful, mighty way, and God teaches us a lot about who he is and his character through these two men. And today we're going we're gonna to look at another one of those stories. Um, so we're going to be looking at 2 Kings chapter 6. Um, and just to give you a little background story leading up to this. Um, so in this story today, uh, we'll be reading verses 15 through 23. And leading up to verse 15, um, Elisha the, as a God, is a prophet. And uh, he's a God's messenger. And he hears word that the Syrian army is trying to come and kill and surround the Israelites. And so he hears word of this because he's connected with God the Father. And he warns the Israel king. And he says, hey, don't go to this place. Because you're going to go here. The Syrian, Syrian army is going to come find you and kill you. So Elisha and um, the Israelites move away from this place. Well, word gets back to the Syrian king that Elisha heard your plan, um, and he warned the Israelites, and the Israelites moved away, so they were, went unharmed. And, the, and the, the Syrian king didn't know what to think of this. He thought, surely someone had to, like, tell this plan to them, because no one, I told this plan to no one. It was these thoughts that I had. And we get to see a little bit, a glimpse there of the power that Elisha has, that he's able to interpret and protect God's people based off of um, just how connected he is to God. And that leads us up to the story today because, because this Syrian king is so upset with Elisha, he orders his army to surround the town of Dothan where, where Elisha is. And when he surrounds them, uh, that's where we pick up our story today. We're going to find out a few things about how Elisha handled this situation and what we can learn about God through this. So 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots were all around the city. The servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, Mountains, uh, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance to the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way. This is not the city. Follow me, and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So that the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you take captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared for them a great feast. When they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. I titled my sermon today, um, The Invisible God Made Visible. And when I think about 
the invisible God made, being made visible, I think about a few things as I read this passage today. And the first thing is this. When the invisible God is made visible, we don't fight our battles alone. When the invisible God is made visible, we don't fight our battles alone. I see this here in the first verses here of verse 15 and 16 when the army has surrounded Elisha and the servant of Elisha. When I look at this story, um, it, you know, I have to admit it is a little weird, right? Anyone else read this before and you're like, strange, okay? <laughs> uh, chariots, fire, all this stuff. But God wants to teach us an amazing thing through it. And, it's all, and I wanted to put myself in the, in the servant's shoes. For example, uh, think about this. You are fighting, you're in a war against someone who likes you for, doesn't like you for some unbeknownst reason. There's a lot of unbeknownst in the scripture passage when I was studying that. And this person comes and surrounds you, right? And they, they come to your area, they come to your neighborhood, and they come to pretty much your doorstep. Would you be, what would you be thinking? How would you feel? What would be going on during that time? I don't know about you, but I would feel afraid. Anyone else? You know, I'd be so scared, I might be scared. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just like, I'd be terrified. I'd be like, I don't know what to do. So it's amazing that the servant here does something what I find very interesting. The servant here just doesn't wallow in his feelings. The servant went to God's man, Elisha. And he's like, Elisha, <laughs> you know, don't you know what's happening around us? What shall we do? And I love how Elisha responds. Elisha responds to him, do not be afraid. Right? <laughs> like, isn't that kind of funny? I find that kind of funny. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just, you know, a little strange or something like that. But, I mean, like, anytime in Scripture we see people being terrified, you know, when angels appear, I love how they always say, do not be afraid. <laughs> and you're like, well, I'm already terrified. You're an angel <laughs> right in front of me. Uh, but here, Elisha wanted to remind them that do not be afraid. And he said, we have more people with us than with them. And I love how, what he does there. He doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He points the servant back to God. He's like, I want to show you something. And he prayed and asked God to, remove, to show and reveal chariots of fire above this man. Now, uh, when I think about this story for us today, um, we don't get that picture, right? <laughs> I mean, if I was afraid and I was like, hey, Pastor Mike, I'm afraid about this. I want to talk to you. He's not going to open up the heavens for me to see chariots of fire. <laughs> if he did, I mean, you, you can make some great money going doing something else. You know what I mean? I mean, that would be amazing. But we don't get that picture. And we, we don't get that, that in the midst of us. So when I think about us not being alone based off of many things that we have going on in our life, the battles that we face in our own lives, I was like, what do we get? I mean, yeah, the servant here got a picture of of. The, the fire and how God was there and God was with them. God was on their side. But what did we get? And when you look at and study scripture, you find it's very clear that what we get, we get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our way of visibly knowing that God is with us. So if we get the Holy Spirit, I wanted to give us kind of a few things. Just remind us of what the Holy Spirit does. All right. So let's look at what the Holy Spirit does. First thing is, is that the Holy Spirit, Jesus describes as a gift to us. Jesus calls it a gift to us. Now think about that. Jesus, God, fully God, fully man, 
calls the Holy Spirit a gift to us. He's giving that to us. So it might be some benefit to us to understand what it does. Also, the, the Spirit is our source of power on earth. That's Acts 1.8. What does Jesus say? Well, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power. Think about that. Power will come upon you when the Holy Spirit is upon you. The other thing that we learn is that the Spirit is described as the helper. The Spirit is described as the Spirit of truth. The Spirit is described as giving wisdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, verses 6 through 16, you see it's described as giving us wisdom and power. The Spirit is able to give us that. And the Spirit um, lives within us. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, that, that the Spirit of God dwells within us. That's how we're able to overcome the battles and different things that we have going on in our lives. But one of my favorite things when I hear about the Spirit is that the Spirit is our prayer partner. We read that in Romans chapter 8, verses 26. And I have that here up on the screen for us to read. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I mean, I love that word, with word, groanings too deep for words. I mean, think about how important that is to have someone praying for you on your behalf. I don't know what battles you're facing today in your life, um, but I know that one of the big things is when you're facing battles and you have fear like the servant, <laughs> it usually draws us to try to act in some uh, either rational or irrational ways. Fear is a good motivator of action, is it not? So when we're fearful, let's say, for example, we're fearful of losing our job. What will we do? We'll work harder. We'll work longer hours so that we can keep our job. Um, if you're fearful of losing your marriage, what are you going to do? You're going to seek out counseling, seek out help to help you with your marriage. Um, if you fear um, things related to your health, what are you going to do? Go out and seek a doctor. The, here, the, the Spirit of God wants to remind us that when we face different battles in our life, when we have all this fear, uh, we have God with us. We are not alone in the midst of whatever battles we're facing in our lives. I don't know what battle you're facing right now, but know this, that when you're walking with God, you are not alone. But I will say this on the other side. Just because you're walking with God doesn't mean your life situation is going to be fixed or perfect, right? You can still be a follower of Jesus Christ, get sick, and die. You can still be a follower of Jesus Christ and um, still be in a bad financial situation. You still be a follower of Jesus Christ and lose your job. You still be a follower of Jesus Christ and lose your marriage. Just because you're a follower of Christ doesn't mean that, oh, well, God's obligated to hand, give me everything that I want and that I desire. That's not at all what this is about. But God does promise you that no matter what is going on in your life, he will be there with you and you will not be alone. When the visible God is made visible, we don't fight our battles alone. The second thing I, I gather when I read this passage, uh, when I look through uh, just the amazing way that um, God kind of reveals himself and carries out the plan to, to take care of Elisha and his servant. It's like when the invisible God makes himself visible, God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> right? God works in mysterious ways. Um, you know, if, if it were 
me and people were being surrounded, I don't know if I'd be like, hey, God, why don't you blind them? <laughs> like, that wouldn't be something I thought of. Um, you know, maybe I'm just not that clever, uh, which I already know I'm not, I'm not that clever. So it's okay. You can laugh. Um, but, you know, uh, it's just amazing to think about how God works in mysterious ways that don't make sense to us. You know, like, hey, why don't you uh, march around Jericho seven times <laughs> blowing trumpets? That will help you win a battle. Um, you know, how about this? How about, you know, you just uh, hold truth to my, my word and who I am, and I'll take care of you in the lion's den. What? You know, that's weird. Um, or what about parting a sea <laughs> so that people can walk, around on, walk across on dry ground? Or for those of you who are like, yeah, I went to seminary, damp ground, whatever you want. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, all these unique things that you see that God works in mysterious ways all throughout Scripture. And you're like, how, why, is he, why does he work that way? And it's amazing because he works in ways that only God can work so that he will get the glory and not us. So it's not about us. It's about him. And I love that, too, about Elisha. What he did there, he didn't boast about himself. He boasted about the God that he knew that worked in mysterious ways. Or what about this one? Probably one of my favorite ones is that God himself became a man, right? Lived this earth, walked this perfect, sinless life, died on the cross for us and rose from the grave. I mean, our entire Christian faith is based off the resurrection. And it's so mysterious and done in a way that only God would do. That makes sense only when you're connected to God so when I think about this aspect of God working in mysterious ways, it, te- it sends, seems like he uses things uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to make himself known to people. I remember this time a few years ago, I was in uh, uh, Palm Springs, California. Anyone ever been to Palm Springs? Uh, I think it's like the slogan's like 360 degrees of wow. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I just know it's 100 degrees of hot. So... <laughs> All right, you all agree with me? So um, anyway, so I was there in Palm Springs, and I remember I was walking around this apartment complex, and um, I was kind of upset um, at this time. Uh, me and, and the girl I was dating that time, not Heather, just to clarify, not Heather, we got in a fight, and so I was mad, and I was work, walking around this apartment complex like over and over again, trying to you know, um, blow off some steam. And I saw this woman who was walking in the opposite way of me. Um, so every time we got to a certain point, we'd pass each other. And finally, after like the sixth time, she was like, um, what is your name? And I'm like, hi, <laughs> my name is Brian. <laughs> uh, and she's like, how old, uh, do you live here? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. Um, I'm just visiting. And uh, long story short, um, she, that was it. We had a little exchange, and I kept walking. And about an hour later, I saw her at um, the pool later. Like, I was on, at the pool and just hanging out there, and she was reading her Bible. And I was like, okay, like, that's, that's cool. So I saw her, and I said hi. And she goes, you know what? I'm really struggling with, um, with understanding, like, like, why people say Jesus is the only way. Like, does he even claim that? So in this moment where I'm, I'm not at all thinking about God and his word, uh, you know, because I was angry, I was thinking about myself, and um, God brought to remembrance 
for me the John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I told her that verse, and she was like, wow, like you answered my question. Like this is, I've been having this question for a long, long time. Um, and she's like, I can't believe you just answered that. And, I was, and in my head, I was like, I can't believe I just answered that either because I'm not at all thinking about God and his word or anything like that. And when I think about God working in mysterious ways, um, when we put forth effort to be in his word and to study his word, um, it talks about the spirit bringing to remembrance the things that we've studied and things that we know so that in moments like that, God can use us in a miraculous and mighty way. I don't know what happened to that woman. I don't know anything about her faith, but I know, do know that she was encouraged in that moment in a weird, unique, only God-shaped way. It was not something that I planned or that I could have done. It was something that God did, and he was using me um, as his mouthpiece during that moment. So when the invisible God is made visible, he works in mysterious ways. And the last thing uh, for the point is uh, when the invisible God is made visible, we find out that this God is compassionate. We find out that this God is compassionate. Um, so think about this. You are part of the Israel army. This other Syrian army is coming to kill you. <laughs> your man, your prophet, blinds them, brings them to another city. You all are in the same area. Um, you think that would be a little bit awkward? <laughs> I would say it's like awkward like a middle school dance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on now. Okay, all right. Middle school dances are more awkward, I understand. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is just, wow, this is a weird situation going on here. Um, I can't believe that God brought them all together. So let's reread again verses 20 through 23, what happens. It says, as soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they're in the midst of Samaria. And as soon as the king of Israel saw them, and he said to Elisha, my father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? I like what, um, I think the, how the king of Israel is feeling right there is how we feel in the midst of battles that we're facing in our life, right? When we have a moment where we can make ourselves uh, get revenge or make ourselves uh, be selfish and think only about ourselves. We, we want to be like the king of Israel, right? I want to strike them down. I want to strike them down. I want this vengeance. I want this to be mine. But God, through this, the prophet Elijah, shows us there's a different way to handle these situations. He answered them, you shall not strike them down. Would you strike, the, strike down those whom you've taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. I mean, that's completely contrary on a lot of levels to what a lot of people think about God, especially God in the Old Testament, right? I mean, I know a lot of times when you think about God in the Old Testament, you think, if he's not for you, you will probably die. <laughs> Yet, in this passage, that, that's not at all how God acts. God is completely different. God is compassionate here. The God in the Old Testament is just as compassionate as the God in the New Testament. And this is seen so clearly in this picture. I mean, it's amazing to see God work through um, Elisha and save Israel. But you know what? He saved Israel's enemies as well. Our God is a compassionate God towards us and also who you consider your enemy. 
And that's something I think that we sometimes don't always think about. Um, you know, today, uh, not today, sorry, this week, um, you know, I have a, uh, well, I, I may have had, but you'll, you'll hear in a second. I have a uh, FJ Cruiser. So anyone have an FJ Cruiser? No? I'm the only one. It's a car. Um, <laughs> word of the day. And anyway, so on Friday morning, um, for those who don't know, my, my wife Heather is pregnant. So like any, any day now, it's going to be a due date. So um, I was knocked out um, on Friday morning. And Heather comes into our room, she's like, Brian, Brian, Brian. And so, like, when you're knocked out and you hear someone's voice, you kind of go, <laughs> right? So that's what I did. I go, and I realized, oh, man, like, she's pregnant. This might be the day. So I'm ready to run out, run out to the car, you know, get the bag, go to the hospital, have all this fun stuff. And she goes, uh, your FJ's been hit. And I'm like... What? <laughs> so I, I go outside, and there's the police, and there's the car that hit my FJ on its side. Um, you know, like, I mean, it's a bad scene. My car is getting, like, towed, um, like, pulled onto the, the tow, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, pieces of the car are, like, all over the place. Uh, I mean, it's just, like, one of those things where I'm like, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of like, can I go back to sleep? <laughs> like, really? Can I go back to sleep and wake up and start this day over again? Um, so um, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm just, you know, like, I'm, I'm not even stewing at this point. I'm just in shock. <laughs> like, I can't believe this has happened. And it was funny, like, over the last 48 hours, um, there was one point about yesterday sometime I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Um, I was so consumed with my car and the, you know, whether it's going to be fixed or all that stuff that I didn't even pray for that woman that hit my car. I mean, I didn't even get to see her because she hit my car. Her car was on the side. The ambulance came. And they took her to the hospital. I don't know what happened. I don't even know her name. I don't even have her insurance company. But I, all I know is that this woman is something's going on here. And I needed to pray for her. And it was one of the hardest things for me to do because I'm like, well, it's not my fault. Like, you know, right? You know, when, when things come up our way and you're like, I didn't bring this on me. You brought this on me. And it's your fault, right? I get, apparently I get aggressive. Sorry. So, um, but, you know, like this is not, this is not um, my fault. I shouldn't have these feelings towards that person. And uh, God started working on my heart to realize that, you know, he cares about that person's life just as he cares about my life. And I should at least have the, the decency to pray for him, because, not just because I'm a pastor. Like, this has nothing to do with me being a pastor. Uh, this is me being a follower of him, follower of the way. Do I care about that person enough to pray for her, to, pray, to make sure she's all right? And I had the opportunity to do that, and I did. And I prayed for her last night. I prayed for if, you know, if this is something that God would use to shape her heart to, towards him or to change, like, maybe the life actions that she has going on. I just asked that God would be there in the midst of, for her in the midst of whatever was going on in her life at that time. It's not something easy to do. I completely understand that. When you look at this story here, I can totally resonate with the king of Israel, <laughs> I'm like, come on, don't you want to strike them down? It's like, this, 
person hit my car. <laughs> Not my fault. But God asks us to live and act differently. This God is a God of compassion. So when I started thinking about and looking at this story, um, God started to just get a hold of my heart just about what it means to live with compassion. So I don't know what kind of battle, battles you have going on in your life right now. The battle might be in your own home with the person you live with or roommates. Uh, the battle might be something with your health or whatnot. You don't know what's going to come your way. Uh, but I'd ask that you just continue to pray and ask God to reveal himself to you in a mighty way and that he will make known to you how you're supposed to act in whatever situation is going on in your life. You know, part of me wants to be like Elisha in the story after the men of Syria. He asked, prays to God and asks them to be blinded and he leads them to Samaria. Like, uh, part of me wants to be like him. I'm like, man, he's like Yoda. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is like the Star Wars here, <laughs> right? The force is strong with that person, <laughs> you know? Hey, you will come to Samaria. Yes, okay. You know, I mean, this like weird things that you see there. You know, you want to have this power to do these amazing things. But the power within us is not to do these amazing things um, that we can marvel at. The, thing, the, the power within us is to walk with God's spirit and do the things that he calls us to do that may be minor or trivial, that may be simple as just praying for someone who may be going through a tough time and a tough need. So I'm going to ask us to do a thing here for our response time. Um, I want you to do the first thing. I want you to um, identify the battles that you're facing in your life right now. Um, what, what things are you wrestling with in your heart and your mind? You know, we have an adversary that is roaming around like a lion who wants to devour our faith. Think about that, devour our faith. And it's, he uses many different things that relate to um, our thoughts and our emotions that pertains to God. Knowing that if our thoughts and our emotions are, uh, are um, heightened, we can essentially light, lessen or push away our faith. We need to be careful and fight against that. So we need to identify what battles we're fighting in our life right now. What do you have going on that you're, you're struggling with? The second thing is, ask, is to boldly go before God in prayer about that battle. Um, are you praying to God and asking him to reveal how he wants you to handle that? Handle that tough situation, handle that conversation, wherever that may be. And the last thing is to ask God for the strength to fight whatever battle that you face. Ask God the, the strength to fight through whatever battle that you face, knowing that we're not going to fight it alone because we have the power of the Holy Spirit, and knowing that God's going to work in mysterious ways to help us through whatever situation that we're going through.